Welcome to this podcast, Magnified Word. My name's Jim Drinks. In this episode, the subject is baptism. In our last episode, we looked at our identification with Christ, and we saw that baptism is a big part of that. Baptism came up a lot, and I wanted to take some time to look at in detail what the scriptures say about baptism. I think a lot of people, when they hear the word baptized or baptism, they think of water baptism. And if somebody wants to get water baptized, that's okay. But the the scriptures clearly show that water baptism has been replaced by baptism with Holy Spirit. We'll start by looking at the ministry of John the Baptist. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Starting at verse 19. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elijah? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither did that prophet. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, Am I come baptizing with water? See, the whole reason that John was baptizing with water, the whole point of water baptism was so that the Christ could be made manifest to Israel. And then in verse 32, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. 
and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the King James it says, Holy Ghost. Uh, ghost is just an archaic word meaning spirit. So when when you see Holy Ghost, it just means uh, Holy Spirit. And so the one whom he would see the Spirit descending on and remaining on would be the one who would baptize with Holy Spirit. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Verse 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John made it clear that there was going to be someone coming after him. John baptized with water, but the one coming after him would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, in verse 9, and was baptized of John in Jordan. So Jesus Christ was water baptized by John. In verse 10 it says, And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So when Jesus Christ was water baptized, the Spirit descended upon Him. And so, we know that Jesus Christ was the one who was to baptize with Holy Spirit. And I believe this shows how water baptism made the Christ manifest to Israel because there was all those other people who were water baptized. But when Jesus Christ was water baptized, that special thing happened. 
Acts chapter 1. Verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Jesus Christ was crucified, he was raised from the dead, God raised him from the dead, and he was with his apostles for a time. And it talks about this time here in in Acts chapter 1, in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So Jesus Christ was telling his apostles about this change that was to take place. He told them, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in Acts chapter 2, this was not many days later, in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, here is where they were first baptized with Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, And as a result of that, they spoke with other tongues. And remember we saw earlier that Jesus Christ would be the one to baptize with Holy Spirit. Here in Acts chapter 2, after they spoke in tongues, the multitude came together and Peter gave them a great sermon. We'll jump into it here in... uh, Verse 32, where he said, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, 
he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. See, Jesus Christ was going to be the one to baptize with Holy Spirit. And after he sent it up to the right hand of God, he shed it forth or he poured it out. He poured out Holy Spirit. And see, so that was how he baptized with Holy Spirit. And so now let's look down at verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now here, was Peter telling them to be water baptized? Not necessarily, because we read earlier in Acts that Jesus told his apostles, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit. And then they were. And so, here where he says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that could have simply meant to believe on Jesus Christ and then receive Holy Spirit, to be baptized or immersed with Holy Spirit. Verse 39 says, For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward or this crooked generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that all 3,000 of them were water baptized. It could have simply been talking about the baptism with Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, Peter saw a vision and then he went with some people to the household of Cornelius and this was a special time because it was the first time that Gentiles got born again and received Holy Spirit. And in verse 34, this is when Peter was at the household of Cornelius Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 
And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of living and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, look at this, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew that Holy Spirit had been poured out upon them and that they had received it because they heard them speak with tongues. And see, so they were baptized with Holy Spirit that day. Then answered Peter, here at the end of verse 46, and then, and then it says in verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. But here it was just Peter's idea to baptize them with water. God didn't command him to baptize them with water. And then let's look at the next chapter, chapter 11 of Acts. In Acts chapter 11, Peter had gone to some of the church in Jerusalem. And here he was in Jerusalem telling them, about what all had happened, about how he saw the vision and went with those men and went to the house of Cornelius. And we'll jump in here in uh, verse 11. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting, Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, The Holy Spirit fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, on that day, those people in Cornelius' house were baptized with Holy Spirit. See, water baptism had been replaced by baptism with Holy Spirit. And so now, there's no longer a need for water baptism, just baptism with Holy Spirit, which every person receives the minute they believe on Jesus Christ. The minute they believe on Jesus Christ, they're immersed, baptized with Holy Spirit, filled with Holy Spirit, Let's also consider 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 12. Now this I say, and this was Paul writing by revelation to the Corinthians, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. See, Paul wasn't commanded by God or by Jesus Christ to baptize people with water, but to preach the gospel. And let's look at Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about how all of us who have believed on Jesus Christ are part of one body, the body of Christ. And in verse 12, it says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. See, by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. It doesn't say, by water are we all baptized into one body. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 4. There is one body 
in one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we saw earlier in the New Testament that Jesus Christ told his apostles, John truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit. And we saw people were baptized with Holy Spirit. And so when you get to Ephesians 4, that one baptism that is in effect today would be baptism with Holy Spirit. And so there's no longer a need for water baptism. And this can be a great verse to know if you encounter someone who says that you need to be baptized with water and spirit. That's not correct because that would be two baptisms. Ephesians 4 tells us that there is one baptism. I've seen people use a verse that has the word water in it to support water baptism. But if you read it, In its context, it's clear that the verse isn't talking about baptism at all. Sometimes people may isolate one verse and take it out of its passage and twist it to to say something that they wanted to say that isn't really what it says if you read it in its context. And so you don't want to read a Bible verse by itself, but you want to read it in its context, read the whole chapter that the verse is in, or maybe even read the whole book that the verse is in. So that's a great thing to remember when you hear different doctrines, and that's a great way to to look at those scriptures and be able to understand them accurately. Now, if somebody today wants to get water baptized, that's okay. You know, and I can understand, uh, you know, especially maybe if someone had a, a past where they did a lot of evil and then they became a Christian and they, they wanted to change and live a completely new life and maybe they wanted to get water baptized as a symbol of that new life. And that's all fine. But we must recognize that water baptism doesn't make you more righteous. We've already been made righteous by believing on Jesus Christ. And nothing that we do can make us any more righteous or any less righteous. And we certainly must recognize that water baptism is not necessary for salvation. The Bible is very clear that salvation is by believing in grace. Read the book of Romans. Read the book of Ephesians. An earlier episode in this podcast entitled Righteousness and Salvation by Believing covered this topic thoroughly from the scriptures. 
in the first century, there were problems related to people believing that you needed to be circumcised to be saved. And to say that you need to be water baptized to be saved would be the exact same problem. Acts chapter 15. Verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught their brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And so they had a meeting at Jerusalem and they came to a conclusion and we'll uh, pick the record up here again in verse 22 where it says, Then pleased that the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. Verse 23, And they wrote letters by them after this manner, The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. This is what the church at Jerusalem wrote to those from among the Gentiles who had believed and become part of the church of God in those other areas. In verse 24, For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting or upsetting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. They were making it clear that they didn't tell them to teach that stuff that they were teaching. In verse 25, It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare ye well. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. 
So they came to the conclusion that it seemed good to God and to them to lay upon them no greater burden than those things. The conclusion was that they did not need to be circumcised. And this record could be applied to water baptism. If if there's people that say, except you get water baptized, you can't be saved. You know, same same answer that that it's not necessary to get water baptized. But if somebody wants to, they can. That's that's no problem. Galatians chapter five. Starting in verse 2. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you would become circumcised, then Christ will profit you nothing. And I'm reading this from a different translation than the King James. I'm reading this from Walter Cummins' working translation. Verse 3 says, I testify again to every person who becomes circumcised that he is obliged, he's obligated to do the whole law. You who seek to be justified by law have been made inactive from Christ. You have drifted away from the grace. See, people who get in the mentality that they need to be circumcised to be saved or that they need to be water baptized to be saved or that they need to do something other than believing on Jesus Christ to be saved. Here it says that Christ profits them nothing and they've been made inactive from Christ and they've drifted away from the grace. See, because if you get in a mentality like that, then you're no longer appreciating the completed work of Jesus Christ. You've you've taken your eyes off of that and you're thinking about, I've got to do this thing and, and other people need to do this thing. And then when you do that, then you're no longer appreciating the completed work of Jesus Christ and walking in it and and you've taken your eyes off of it. And you've drifted away from, from the grace. Because it's it's by grace that we're saved. And when you when you think that there's something that you need to do to be saved, then you're no longer appreciating grace. And you've forgotten grace. And so, in summary, we've seen that John baptized with water. But his water baptism has been replaced by baptism with Holy Spirit. And so now there is one baptism of Holy Spirit. And so water baptism is no longer necessary. And so I hope this helped your understanding of the subject of baptism. And let's never budge 
on the truth that righteousness and salvation are by believing in grace and nothing else. <laughs>